0: I'm Haley. Oh shit, Shen. Jesus. Hey. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh shit, Shen. (laughs) That's me. Oh shit, Shen. Coming at you. Let me do the fucking intro. No. We don't have an intro this week. And this is pushing daisy. podcast podcast LC- well TM. i think they'd assume it's a podcast considering where they're listening it's to it not on a podcast shen it's a fuck around and find out you
1: didn't get the email from last week you guys we're don't no cc longer me a podcast. on anything anymore just he's sorry
0: hey. oh yeah we're no longer a podcast that's like as of this week yes honestly that's real 2020 of everybody to who has a podcast and <laughs> we're just something else now don't worry about it. something greater something better something bigger (laughs) bolder i'm
1: not gonna say it
0: don't say
1: it bring it out i'm
0: not gonna get racy Say it we're like the biggest blackest dick of the cards of the (laughs) card of the podcast (laughs) my cock is the biggest like unfurls out of my Ew. cock pouch what did you just say? unfurls you just like like un- she's got
1: to roll it up and it goes yeah! like, it makes that noise that
0: yeah <laughs> out of my like scrotum because that's oh, where no. people Actually, put. she
1: tucks it into her belly button
0: yeah <laughs> and i just like suck in really hard like i'm trying to like so you can't work on my scrotum. abs yeah yeah and it just like sucks my dick into my body it's like a reverse umbilical cord I birth my dick every time I need to piss. Uh, uh, Huh? (laughs) I don't know. I birth my dick every time I need to piss. (laughs) Haley Engstrom, 2023. Starting the year off strong. Listen, guys. Quote of the year. The seasonal depression has kind of like... It's beepity bop, kind of like left, and now I'm just like full ADHD, ready to go. It's my brain, and we're like, "Hey, I'm
1: here." Yeah, I've started working earlier in the day, and um, (laughs) I'm here when Haley's here now at crisp eight a.m. Haley is. Crazy, this bitch just starts talking to herself, singing to herself, anything under the sun. She'll even ask herself fucking questions. And I, she's not talking to me, she's not talking to anybody, she's just fucking doing it. And well, somebody's got to talk to her if not, I, if, if it's gonna be nobody, it better be herself. I'm like, I, do you want me to answer that? No, she got the answers already, she just needs to ask the question. <laughs>
0: That's how I get my brain juices flowing. I just got to say it. Gonna, she, I have she to remind it. my brain to she think. She have the dry, crusty brain, you know? It's Ew. just, just as if really, like, rattle myself. <laughs> um, no, so I like being here when no one else is here because I can get all the crazy kind of out before my client comes in. But now Faye's here, so Faye just kind of hears it.
1: Uh, just in wait one week, and I'll start acting the same as you. And <laughs> no. then Shen's going to come in, and both of us are like,
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm going to need another
0: month. <laughs> <laughs> what is that from the rugrats oh no i was thinking about the wild like thornberries yeah is that that's it? what it is yes. <laughs> what is it it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like their son who's like <laughs>
1: who doesn't make noises or yeah, words well, isn't that the rugrats no that's no. wild thornberries yeah
0: a show that never should have been made <laughs> oh really yeah because so, they're all really ugly and dressed terribly <laughs> oh no, no the like daughter dressed real nice i liked her outfit <laughs> yeah, that's my brain. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> what are we learning? Um, um, we're we're- and, and that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Bye. That like my brain is absolute fucking trash up in here. Uh, my question for the day, everybody, you ready? Yeah. Um, if you could have a mustache, oh what my kind God. of mustache? You were literally would you talking
1: have? about this with your client today because my client I'm-
0: brought it up, and I was like, "That's a great question." It's very like f- psychological. Like, what kind of mustache would you have? I would have a medium, full hipster. What the fuck does that mean? Why would you ask a
1: question if you don't know mustache styles? Yeah, that's fuck? not a
0: mustache style. I yes, checked my it book. Is.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah, does it say. Um, I'm sorry, you're not the mustache police. I'm sorry. No mustache for you. And mine would have like a slight curl. Oh my god.
0: Andrew thing. have you seen that The guy yes. who like mocks fucking what's yes. her face I think I would have I think I would only Have a mustache if I had a beard otherwise I'd look Ugly uh, I, yeah, want, I want one of those like Very like we know twirly <laughs> I, yeah. I knew you'd be The only one who said that too you'd be like I want some Salvador dolly shit <laughs> Just not like this is big what mine swirly. Would be like oh the whole shebang like like okay so like a a guy who's
1: like i like ipas yeah i just said hipster oh i'm sorry just like a hipster dude listening to fey yeah like someone who has a man bun and like wears glasses but like he doesn't need a prescription that that type of beard and mustache doesn't need a prescription (laughs) (laughs) or like like you ever see like an old hippie man yeah. Ooh, it's just fucking hanging, and you know that shit hasn't been cut in 50 years. Yeah. What's just hanging? <laughs> All of it.
0: Man, man, <laughs> Marriage. What? Is what brings us together. Sorry, I don't know. I'm telling you, it's just fucking crazy. Haley, are you okay?
1: is <laughs> literally having an aneurysm as we speak. <laughs> Marriage, it brings us together. No, you guys. <laughs> Where did that come from? What do you Her mean?
0: brain. <laughs> <Average>. <laughs> no, it's from the Princess Wait, Bride. Have you seen what? that video said. of the guy dissecting the gummy rat and he's like, Gummy Gummy Rat <laughs> <laughs> Mealy Gummy
1: <laughs> No? What kind of shit are you guys looking on. up on the <laughs> internet?
0: Hold on.
1: I am not on <laughs> the TV same side. Lie. <laughs> you haven't
0: seen. <laughs> A goomy goomy rat. <laughs> Wait, you've seen it? No. Oh. I'm just laughing because it sounds silly. Uh. Hold on, hold on.
1: We're going to... If this
0: g li b Lie Nice room for
1: the g we have a G-Li-B-Li pink rat goomy can't g li b Pete rat goomai can't What? What is he doing?
0: She like be like peach rat candy. I also just say sound, sir. Me my da me my. literally using a scalpel to open up a giant piece of candy, and it's just a rat. Me my me da buddha. She
1: like <laughs> be like
0: rat candy.
1: I can't believe neither of you have seen that! It's classic! No. It's classic! <laughs> I watched it as a child! <laughs> that child. Yeah, lie, like, be lies. This is why we're broken. Pet rat can
0: die. And I'm broken because I just like, if you remember like the YouTube series where it was just like, oh, I like trains. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do, you know, do you know what I'm talking Just so simple and stupid. And then it would just be like a stick figure being like, I like trains. And then a train would come out of nowhere and fucking hit him. <laughs> no. <laughs> or the one where it's like, he's about to eat a piece of cake and the guy, the little, Slice of cakes, like no, nah! <laughs> and he's like, "Oh my god!"
1: <laughs> <laughs> like borderline boomer humor, <laughs> just like stupid fucking shit. That like you ever like look at a video and you're like, "I what shouldn't fucking balls? laugh at this shit." <laughs> I don't know. Wait, what are we learning today? Shush. Haley talk. Hey, this is Haley moment. We're having Haley time. Haley's having enrichment in her closure. Uh oh my fucking I like trains. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: there's more uh the just both. like what oh the f- they're they're asdf movies that's what it was anyway i like <gasps> dancing, <laughs> I, like dancing. <laughs> I like dancing i like trains you guys remember shoes let's get some shoes shoes
1: Shows. shows, shows, shows. An
0: invoice was paid. Let's good. go get some shows. Okay. Well, anyway, um, other Sh- than that, I think we're all doing good. Bethany,
1: are we? Let's go shopping. <laughs> <What the fuck?
0: laughs> yes, yeah, in that silence. <laughs> Bethany, let's go shopping. <laughs> oh,
1: Okay. So anyway, educating us on
0: something. Stop laughing. This is serious. I
1: wasn't doing anything.
0: (laughs) I wasn't. So today's story is kind of one that I've been wanting to do for a while, Um, but I didn't know, like, if i'd be in like the right headspace for it and i also really wanted to buy the book and i finally bought the book so now i'm doing the series is um, it the
1: nazi one
0: no it's not it's that the one fucking
1: sex how to seduce nazis or some shit yeah. like that i would literally say you <laughs> you snapshotted me that, and i'm
0: like uh it's not how to seduce a nazi it's women who did seduce nazis and killed them <laughs> yeah it's the, so not like, like really a step-by-step step book we on e-how. how to seduce your local Nazi. We <laughs> step one,
1: find yourself a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the government. Is
0: your soulmate a Nazi? Well, here's a step-by-step step on how to seduce them.
1: <laughs> then kill them. Murder. Kill every Nazi. That's not not even a fucking... What do we normally say? Allegedly, no. Yeah, kill a Nazi. no. Fuck yeah, a Nazi. go kill a, Na- don't fuck a Nazi. Don't fucking Don't fuck a Nazi. Don't fuck a Nazi. No. Don't make a mini one. No.
0: Just get rid of them. We hate fascists and this. We don't need them. What's annoying is they think that they're the majority and they're not. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so <clears throat> uh this uh, story is going to be long. I think uh it's going to be like a four-part series. To be honest, uh just because I am the way that I am. If it's a five-part series, I'm not sorry.
1: Found chicka-wow-wow.
0: But uh, yeah, I guess we'll just get into it. Yeah, I'm fucking um, ready. For all these episodes, I just want to let everybody know, like, huge trigger warning for all of them. Uh, it covers a lot of shit that we'll probably really get into probably more like later episode two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode it's isn't going to be story. too much heavy stuff. With that being said, uh, I just want to recognize the resources that I use for this episode or these episodes. I use and I use quite a few, including one of my favorite podcasts, Morbid. Uh, Elena and Ash do a three part series on this and it's really good. So go listen to them because it'll be much better done than this. But anyway. And I also used On the Farm, Robert William Picton and the Tragic Story of Vancouver's Missing Women by Stevie Cameron. The book is incredibly informational. It's like 700 pages long. So if anyone wants to read that, it's really well put together. I couldn't recommend it more if you want like more details than I'm putting into this. So <clears throat> before we get into the story, I just want to kind of give everyone a better idea of the area where the story takes place. The bulk of it will take place in the area of Port Coquitlam, British Columbia, Canada, which is basically the western portion of Canada. It's like, you know, west. so Over on there. West. queest, <laughs> Over on the yonder. On the yonder. The municipality. Municipality? Yeah. Which basically is what Canada calls their cities. So I'm going to call it a city. Has mainly been a farming and industry community. So give to give like a kind of idea of like the wages and the money of the area. You have your like standard people who are in poverty, who are like the farmers and all of that. And then you have your industry side of the area and there's a lot of doctors in this area. So there's no like middle ground as far as money goes. There's like, you're really poor or you have a lot of money in Port Coquitlam in the Coquitlam area um, during this time period and the story time period line like timeline ish it takes place 1970 to 2002 roughly okay. so that's the time period that's the area do we feel like we kind of have an idea yeah, okay cool got it <clears throat> during this time too, canada like this area because it's a farming industry there's a lot of rolling hills there's a lot of beautiful cows. landscape uh, landscape landscape and uh cows Billing Hills. Oh. Yeah, Bill Wilson was parked on the side of an old highway near a bridge that took the road over a river. Wilson typically came to the spot to set up a sort of stand where he attempted to sell wooden bird feeders, bird houses, and other carvings cute. to anybody who passed by. Cute. Yeah, pretty cute. Wilson was a wood carver, if you couldn't tell, and a handyman, and did what he could to make some money on the side. On this particular day, Wilson was peddling his wood. LOL, he decided that his <laughs> car was looking at a bit dirty and he was like, oh, my car's dirty. I think that's going to steer away potential buyers like my car should be clean. I think Makes that would sense. be like better. So he took an empty water bottle from his back seat, clambered down the rocky embankment to the river below for some water. While on his way down, Wilson saw something like a brown bull shaped object resting on the rocks. Intrigued, he moved closer through the brambles and brushes, br- brushes, bushes to get a better look. When he was close enough to touch this object, he still couldn't really make out what it was. So using the edge of his water bottle, he pushed this brown bowl over to investigate further and instantly Wilson knew what he was looking at. As what he thought was possibly a carved wooden bowl flipped over, it reeled, revealed its underside and Wilson realized he was looking at a human skull <gasps> cut in half. I knew it. Shocked, to say the least, Wilson didn't really know what to do. He ran back up the embankment, got in his car and drove off. Like he was literally like, what the fuck did well, I just yeah. see? And drove off. He. Later went to the grocery store and then went to bingo and then decided uh, I should probably call the police and tell them what? what's happening. He
1: went to bingo?
0: <laughs> Took him bingo to think he should do that first. <laughs> yeah, this motherfucker. Yeah. So Wilson later told the police that he was scared to let them know about the skull down by the river because he has an extensive criminal history. <laughs> oh. and though none of it was murder he was worried that the police would try to pin the skull on him or put him in jail while they like investigated but oh, okay. his conscience i guess got the better of him and he ended up telling the police interesting so constable chris ansley would be the first to show up on the scene soon fo- followed by corporal brad uh i believe it's zalis um i'm gonna call it or call him salis um it's z-a-l-y-s yeah. so zalis maybe
1: whatever
0: do you <clears throat> so Zalus and ansley together would make the mistake of not marking the area as a crime scene and chalking the skull up to having been from a native gravesite that had gotten washed up from the recently heavy rain for context south of this river i guess I don't know, some way the river is flowing, there is a native reserve in the area. So they were like, oh, this skull must just be from the native reserve. Uh, But do they know that it Mm -hmm. was washed up? Nope. They they have no idea. They did no research. No investigation. They're like, oh, it's definitely this They put the skull, or well, what was left of the skull, in a cardboard box in the back of one of their cars, and they left.
1: You said a skull cut in half. Yeah, like... That doesn't
0: just happen yeah. in a so and think wash. not ha- cut in half like half of your face no like literally like the skull above the eyes was like oh. you're like your dome of your head was cut off so it looked like a bowl oh
1: so the rest of it isn't there. yeah
0: like the top of your cranium gone weird yeah,
1: yeah. and you're not like oh, that's suspicious
0: yeah so anyway weird. 2 days later the skull would end up in the hands of corporal Tim slay. 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 Yes. Corporal Tim did not slay that investigation. A young detective working No, we like we like him. Tim's oh, good. This one we like. The other two Tim. they're they're idiots. A young detective working for the RCMP's investigative well, section in Vancouver, young. Canada. In case anyone doesn't know where Canada or in if, case if anybody is, <laughs> Sorry, I'm in it's Vancouver. Up. It's in Canada. Um Immediately Slay is concerned about the skull, not just because, well, it's a skull that was found without a body on the bank of a river, but because of how the skull was cut in half. Thank you. Slay surmised that the cut had been done, that the cut had to have been done with a type of electric saw and that this had not been done by someone with professional anatomy an anatomical knowledge such as like a doctor or mortician it wasn't done no he was like it's crudely cut but you can tell that like a power tool was used yeah so the cuts were crude and wrong because no mortician or doctor would cut a head this way it was it was odd to say the least slay knew that the person whose skull this belonged to had absolutely been murdered like there was no question about it he's like this is a murder yeah he's right Yeah. Or at the very least, like a grave site was disturbed and someone took a body and like did weird shit with it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Slay consulted with Dr. James Ferris, who analyzed the skull. He determined that this was the skull of a young woman, likely in her 20s. Ferris said that although he believed she had died anywhere from a year or two years earlier, her skull hadn't been in the water for longer than a few weeks. He was able to infer this due to the Wait, adip- how, how many months before. She was so he in the water? believed that the likelihood was that this woman had died either a year or two earlier. Oh, but a that the whole skull- year. I said a month. Yeah, oh, but no. The skull- but the skull hadn't been in the water for more than a few weeks. Okay, interesting. Yep. Yeah, so clearly, like this wasn't like the killing place mm-hmm. of like this person or the- where the person died. He figured this out due to the adipocere. Uh, I didn't look up the pronunciation, even though I was supposed to. It's spelled A-D-I-P-O-C-E-R-E. Okay. Adiposer? 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 Uh, whatever. It's a waxy substance that forms when fats in the body break down and combine with water. And Ferris could tell that the Jane Doe skull had been building this waxy substance for the better part of one to two years. But because the skull showed zero animal gnawing marks, it was likely the skull hadn't been out you know, in the wild or in the river for more than three weeks. Morticians. The skull would then end up in the metaphorical hands of Tracy Rogers, a forensic anthropologist at the university of Toronto.
1: This is in the seventies.
0: Um, yes, this is like, this is probably like 1990 really. Oh yeah. We're kind of like, we're jumping ahead to some things. Um, who And so Tracy Rogers Would be tasked With the reconstructing With reconstructing The face of their Jane Doe okay. Which she Was able to Successfully do Down to hair And eye color Jeez. I know How does she did that on the, the top of a head Yeah just a skull So you can Certain skull structures Are indicative Of like Your race The color of your skin Yeah but she like just had eye. The
1: t- top though
0: Just No the- she had She had the bottom So eyes down I'm saying the cranium Of the skull was gone I'm sorry uh- Oh, yeah, I thought they only had the little no, top. No, you part. have like the eye Just sockets, the, the nose, thought, and the teeth. Like, oh, still okay, left. okay, yeah. okay, okay. This sorry, everyone. I'm so, I'm sorry. Was sense. that confusing? My bad. I I'm, I'm good now. So anyway, she was able to uh, decide that yes, yeah. this was a young woman of European and Native American descent. But even with this face reconstruction, the police weren't able to get a single lead. Oh. No one knew who Jane Doe was. There were no missing persons reports matching the description and even police dogs weren't able to track a scent uh, ascent from the location of discovery. Her skull would sit in a box in the evidence room of the Vancouver Police Station for seven long years. Tim Slay would say that he would constantly think of this Jane Doe skull that this case haunted him and how he wished he could find any kind of lead to discover who she was. That's
1: crazy because if they say that they thought it was only a year or two years prior, like they wouldn't, they would have records of that shit. (laughs) It's not
0: like it was 20 years ago. Basically, no one ever came forward. Right. About a missing person. But what none of them knew was that the rest of Jane Doe's skeletal remains lay deep in the dirt, just a few hundred feet north of the area? Can I have you restart that? This, this right here. Just that one thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But what none of them knew was that the rest of Jane Doe's skeletal remains lay deep in the dirt just a few hundred feet north of the area where Bill Wilson sold his wood carvings and where her skull was found. That just north of that area, Jane Doe's body and many others would be piled on top of one another on a farm that everyone in the area knew very well, the Picton Pig Farm. <gasps> Uh, I cut out just farm? the last part so they don't oh, okay, know what okay, it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's all. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, yeah, we're, we're going to get into it. Not many would consider what resided at 963 Dominion Road as a farm. The plot of land itself was a junkyard. Old trucks and cars and old machinery lay about in no particular order in between large mounds of dirt that were covered with large black tarps. Amongst the scrap metal and dirt hills was an unremarkable farmhouse that had been white at one point in its lifetime. The farmhouse could have used some TLC, to say the least, or a bulldozer. Mm. Lifted, littered across the property were a random assortment of outbuildings, so some garages were over here, a couple workshops over there, yeah. a shed sprinkled here and there, which, you know... Not the yeah. most clean... All of these outbuildings look to be on the verge of collapse. Lovely. The building that was used to house the pigs and pig pen had long since collapsed and the remains laid in a pile that no one was ever going to clean up. Instead, the pigs that remained on the farm were forced into a small horse trailer till they were ready to be slaughtered. A large wooden barn that had some age to it was the only building that looked like it could withstand a strong breeze was just behind the farmhouse itself uh i don't i think it was you that i sent pictures of the farmhouse to um yeah if you want to like pull them up i don't know if you want to describe you just
1: did a great fucking job
0: thanks but yeah uh we'll post the pictures to the instagram of what the property looks like it's sad though because the property didn't always look this way
1: yeah there's just a fuck ton of junk cars junk buildings Mm -hmm. and no cement roads barely like just a fuck ton of junk shit and junk <laughs> piles everywhere. Yeah, That's it's rough. pretty much it.
0: Have you seen the farm?
1: Here you go.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you drove past this, you would truly just think it's like a hoarder. Hoarder junk pile place. Mm-hmm. I don't know what all that yellow shit is in the bottom of the corner. Like, does it attract tractor at one point? I don't know. You'll never know
1: that's really why is sad. this a farm we'll get there it's a pig farm but the
0: pigs are in a fucking horse trailer yeah Ugh. it's so yeah we'll, up. We'll, we'll get through it but this isn't the property that david robert and linda picton had grown up on they had been raised on the other side of town on a farm called the lf picton ranch poultry and pigs by their parents louise and leonard Though it was Leonard's family who had run the family farm long before them, it was Louise who was considered by all to be the driving force. Leonard had met Louise at a coffee shop in town, and they were soon engaged after that. Leonard would go around boasting that he had met Louise when she was only 16, or when she was 16 years younger than himself. And I believe she was a minor when he, like, initially started talking to her. Of course. Yep. Leonard and Louise would go on to have their three children, the oldest being Linda, who was born in 1948. Why the L's, man? Yeah, a lot of L's. Their second child, Robert, was born on October 24th, 1949, but we will all know him well as Willie in his adulthood. Then they would have their third child, David, in 1950. Gross. Yep. It's
1: a terrible name. It's an awful name. Horrible name.
0: Leonard and Louise were workers and had zero cares for anything outside of their farm. Like literally zero care. They were like, we work and that's it. Wow. They raised their children the same way. Willie would recount instances where as a small toddler, he would need to lift up the floorboards in his bedroom just to access water from the spring that ran under the house so that he could drink like clean water. Jesus. Okay, so
1: these are the ones. They're they're not growing up on this pig farm, right? They're nope, growing so up the on the pig one farm that I just urine. described to everybody.
0: Is where David. They found the. Pe- they found the. Bodies, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll end up at, uh, nine six three Dominion Road eventually. But right now, Leonard and Louise are raising their children, Linda, Robert, and well, Willie and David across town. Yeah, at is the other farm one. at the other farm. Yeah, that Leonard, an actual farm. Yeah, they're both farms. And this farm that they're being raised at right now is, has been in Leonard's family for a long time. They've always raised livestock at this, fa- at this farm. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually Leonard buys the property at 963 Dominion uh, okay. Road and moves the, be their like, you know, farm, the farm there because it's more land and they can just do more with it. Got it. Is basically why he buys it. So, but anyway, so at this farmhouse where they're being raised as children, they have no running water in the home. Mm. It would be a long time before the pictons would even consider adding running water access inside their house so Anyway, Weird. just to give you kind of idea of how willie grew up So they're workaholics, but yeah, they don't have running water. That's yeah, it's it's, it's wild. It's wild uh on an, to say they're frugal is um an understatement mm. on another time where Willie recounts his father beating him senseless at the age of three due, three. To, the, due to the family truck being totaled. So basically Leonard, I can't imagine having beef with a three-year-old. So Leonard left his son, Willie three years old in the passenger seat of this truck while he went out to like negotiate with some other farmers about selling hay. And while Leonard left, he either didn't put the emergency brake or something up and the truck just started to roll. So Willie said that he turned the steering wheel so that it would stop and hit like a fence post or something. But it, like kept going and hit something Worse I guess and like totaled the Truck and Leonard came out Or came back and literally beat his son Senseless because his son totaled the truck Oh my god are you yeah. fucking Kidding nope <sighs> Another Example of discipline in the home was when Louise caught Willie smoking a cig- Cigarette at the age of four She forced him to smoke an Entire cigar in front of her All oh in one god. go Willie would say that it worked he never smoked another cigarette or anything for that matter ever again.
1: Oh my god! Yep,
0: he said that he like threw up from like smoking the cigar because yeah. he yeah, no fucking his mom shit. just like made him like. Have any of you smoked a cigar?
1: No, no, no
0: it's disgusting. It is literally like the heavy. You're not even supposed to inhale. You're just supposed to like yep yeah, get it in your mouth and like sp- yeah blow it out. Um, it's disgusting. Anyway, so. Louise was described as being someone who couldn't be bothered with her appearance. Both Louise and Leonard had horrible hygiene. Their teeth were rotting out. Both of them were balding at like age 30. Louise was said to have a beard growing in and they both wore dirty clothes that were always baggy. Louise would constantly be walking around and um, she would wear like a shirt and a sweatshirt that were her husband's and baggy jeans Mm -hmm. and like I don't know, like big, like kind of like, and they didn't have boots. running water
1: either, so they no. didn't like brush their teeth, no, or
0: shower. shower. No, they didn't care to do any kind of like regular hygiene maintenance. They were really just stinky, gross. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah, uh, Louise was described as a short and stout woman. Both David and Linda, her children, would grow up to resemble her same kind of features just short and stout while willie on the other hand was often described as rat face tall and thin like his father uh, like his father leonard rat face rat face yeah that's a rough one that's a really Um, sad if he was like a good person i'd feel bad yeah
1: yeah but that's just a sad um, as a kid though
0: as a kid though like they would call him rat face they would call like him and his brothers and his family like pigs, like the pig family. Yeah, because
1: they. Oh. Yeah. oh,
0: haha! Funny joke. Pig well, farmers. Yeah, they're really original. Yeah, they super are original. original. When the Picton family was mentioned to anyone, three things would come to mind: the smell, the mess, and the dirt. Mm. Sorry, I just burped into the mic. That sucks. That's so hard for kids when parents don't. It is don't, really yeah. hard because you're you don't choose who you're born into. No, when you. Don't you're just raised that, that way. So to continue on, the doors to the house would always be left open, and that would mean that all the farm animals, from ducks to cows, could walk in and out of the house as they pleased. Oh, my God. Often, these animals would leave behind their excrement, so their piles of shit, in the house, and Louise was said to not even bother. That she couldn't care less that there was, like, cow shit in the hallway or, like, duck shit in, like, the sink or anything. Like, she would just leave it for, like, weeks and then, like, someone would either clean it up or it would, like, just get walked over so much that it just, like, Ew. kind of, like, yeah. Ew. It yeah. It just becomes part of the house. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so That's stinky. That's, like, the image like, of the house. That's, like, beyond stinky. Mm-hmm. Ugh. The kids, mainly Dave and Willie, were made responsible for fee- for feeding and cleaning out the pens of over 200 pigs That's and eight cows mm-hmm. before and after school. You ever cleaned out a pig pen before? Uh, no. I've cleaned out chicken pens, but not pigs a pig Pigs are a million times worse. Really? It's disgusting. I can only imagine. It's hur- It's wet. It's sloppy. It's stinky. I could... 200... 200- 200. Yeah, 208 cows i'd rather fucking die linda wasn't made to do as many of the outdoor chores as her brothers both dave and willie would say that their mother favored linda she would get bathed and wore nicer clothes than the two boys dave and willie would be lucky to get a bath maybe even once a week once a week maybe while linda would likely get bathed at least twice a week and she wore like cleaner, nicer clothes and really- the boys would often go to school in the muddy clothes that they wore to, like, the same clothes that they would wear, like, cleaning out pens. Oh my they would God. just be sent to school in whatever they wore. Yeah. Uh, the family would also milk their cows by hand and deliver their milk to their neighbors. I'm sure they loved that. Yep. And they would also slaughter these pigs. And a lot of the neighbors in the area would eat this meat from this farm. Like a lot of the people in the area would eat the meat
1: from this farm. So they would literally like bitch about them being like nasty and dirty, but then still. Yep. That's.
0: Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't, if I knew they were so fucking gross respectfully to the kids, disrespectfully Mm -hmm. to the parents. Uh, So Willie uh, struggled with school. Yeah. His teachers in second grade believed he would benefit from repeating the grade again. So Willie was held back in second grade he again did poorly the second time around and Willie was then moved to a special education classes for the remainder of his school career. I will note, though, that the education system overall, wherever you go, usually um, typically runs off of a. Uh, What do I want to call it? Basically, they run off of, like, testing kids who are from urban settings. So your standardized test is based off a kid who grows up in a standard house with standard, Mm -hmm. like, two parents, like, that kind of, like, security. Yeah. So nuclear family stuff. Nuclear family. So, like, when you... Give the that test, that standard test, to children who ha- are from poverty, it's, who likely don't get read to at exactly. night, who don't have parents who like care to tell them, like you know, or teach them anything. Mm-hmm. These kids are going to struggle with the standardized test because it's not fair to them. Yes. So, some people say that like Willie was smart and that he suffered from like that he could have understood school if his parents gave him the time. Yeah. But because they didn't, that's was why he, like, he ended dyslexic up dyslexic or anything. No. No, it was just, like, he didn't have the resources to learn. Like, all he I'm did sure he would have been, like, just a fine student. Yeah, he yeah. would have been, like, probably, like, an average, like, yeah. lower average student like a had he grown up in a different home. Yep. But because he grew up where his only job when he went home was doing chores, he had no time for, like, learning, no time for homework, no time for reading, like, all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. So, anyway— I just want to make a mark on that because a lot of people would be like, "Oh, Willie's dumb, Willie's stupid, he couldn't like pass school or these things." That's so not his just fault. Like, it's not his fault, and neither is for anyone who grows up poor. Yeah, like it's just there's you know, nothing you it's can not fucking fair. do about it. Which yeah. Anyway, in eighth grade, his teachers would try to push a blue collar trade for his future instead. Of, like, don't go to. school college like we think you should like you know try to go to trade school become a plumber become like a construction worker like things like that because they worried that willie wouldn't try to go for anything and he would be stuck on the farm so his eighth grade teachers tried to like push him towards a career
1: i couldn't even imagine uh being a teacher is so hard get him out of there that changes changes his life you yeah know? his whole yeah, life I mean, yeah. even like if he
0: didn't get in he wouldn't have gone into college but like if he did yeah. to like live in a dorm and like have access to everything he yeah. would could change yeah i think they were worried that he wouldn't be able to more worried that louise wouldn't want to pay for him to go to college and that a blue collar trade would be his best bet to yeah. get out of his situation but willie and his hold on sorry i lost my place guys
1: ah! that really sucks to be a teacher and to just have to like sit there and as you're seeing
0: these st- students and you can't do anything mm-hmm. about it yeah uh so they tried to push that on him but willie wasn't really budging uh it looked like he would end up working on the farm willie and his siblings attended school full-time but they absolutely hated school though the farm was physically demanding the kids loved the unsupervised freedom that came with it at school they were bullied. They were called Piggy and an assortment of other insults, but when they were at the farm, the boys felt like they were at, they at least had a purpose. And then once all the chores were done, they were free to like roam the their land, the property, they could be, you know, kids playing outside in the dirt, like doing whatever they wanted because their parents didn't care. Your chores are done, go do whatever you want. So but at, right. <laughs> yeah, But at school, they had structure that they didn't understand because they didn't grow up with it. Yeah. So they hated school.
1: Oh, wow,
0: yeah. Yep. Eventually, an event happened in the life of Dave Picton, the youngest, Willie's younger brother, that would very much help to shape his already sour attitude towards life. On a very beautiful afternoon, 14-year-old Tim Barrett was leaving a best friend's house. As Tim crossed the road, he was, oh, no, I fucked up hold on so sorry ah (laughs) press the button someone fill the air i'm panicking
1: we can just cut it out
0: yeah um i don't know what it is but after a certain amount of time in here the lights like i can't see i know that's why
1: i tried to turn the lights off i'm
0: sorry no 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 it's not why Why are you apologizing for the light bulb my eyeballs just like want to do this oh sorry I know. They are kind of bright. And I feel like there's no natural light. Yeah,
1: that's why I tried to turn them off. We need to get other light in here. Yeah. Um,
0: Okay. So anyway, sorry. Skylight. A skylight. Yeah. Yeah. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So Tim Barrett was leaving a best friend's house. As Tim crossed the road, he was hit by Dave Pickton in the family farm pickup truck. Oh.
1: Wait, so the little brother was hit by the bigger brother?
0: No, so Tim Barrett is just a kid that they go to school with. And Dave Picton is driving the family farm pickup truck. He's the youngest sibling. And whether it was shock or a lack of care, Dave just sped off right back home, left Tim Barrett in the road. And he went to his parents, was like, I fucking hit this kid with the truck. And uh, his parents, Leonard and Louise, didn't waste a second. And they helped Dave try and get away with this (sighs) <sighs> it's unsure if the hit and run was on purpose or on accident, but Dave was only 16 or 17 at this time. So it's really hard knowing. Uh, Tim was 14. Oh. Yep. Was he dead? So we'll get there. Okay. So Leonard rushed Dave to take the pickup truck to their local mechanic to like. But like uh, bump out the There was a giant dent in the Oh, They want to buff it out yeah they were like try to like knock Out that dent get that dent out of there try to Make that mechanic repaint the truck like Right away and While Leonard and Dave took care of the truck Louise went off and found Tim who was barely alive on The side of the road She hauled him a few Feet to the edge of the road Looked him over And rolled him right into the ditch on the side Of the road (gasps) What? left him there in a few inches of water and then she walked home yeah he's alive are you fucking kidding me no
1: fucking wonder the kids turn out the way they goddamn did
0: Tim Barrett's family became very concerned that evening when no one had heard from their son. They called Tim Barrett's best friend that he was at, and they were like, No, he left hours ago. So his family gathers around a bunch of their family, their friends, and they all go on a search party looking for Tim. Tim's father and Tim's father's friend would be the ones to find Tim's body in the ditch. He was
1: alive. She could have saved his fucking life.
0: Yep. So upon examination, it was clear that Tim had some hemorrhaging. His spine was like fractured in one area. Um, He sat
1: there and suffered.
0: And he, but he didn't die from being hit. He died because he drowned in the few inches of water and he couldn't get out. I know. I'm sorry, guys. I know. With a broken spine. It, yeah. Uh it didn't take long though, because the mechanic who Dave went to, they were like, The picked I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> the mechanic that uh Dave took the pickup truck to was like, why do you want this dent buffered out? Like your entire farm's a mess. None of your vehicles look nice. Like, why do you care about this dent? and he was like what is it from and dave was like oh like i hit one of the like farm posts in in the yard like on accident like i i accidentally like i fucked up like can you fix this my parents are mad at me so the mechanic fixed the dent repainted it um or no he didn't repaint it he told them that he wasn't going to paint it because the rest of the truck was beat up there's no point that i paint this dent so dave brings the truck back home and leonard and him paint the truck with like red house paint like that part of the truck.
1: So non suspicious. Yeah.
0: Um, and they like try to go about their day the next morning over the news, Tim Barrett was found. It's on the news. They're like, it was a hit and run. If you have any information, like, please call the mechanic called in. He was like, well, you know, if it's nothing, then it's nothing. And like, it doesn't matter that I call in, but if this is a, a tip and it actually is Dave Picton who who this kid and killed him, then, um,
1: so the mechanic called.
0: Yeah, the mechanic calls in. So the detectives go. They look at the truck. They're like, OK, well, this part's painted over. But the paint that was left on Tim Barrett's head from matched the paint on the rest of the truck. So they were like, OK, obviously, this is you. So Dave picked in. Become, he gets charged with the hit and run. As a juvenile, he only spends, I believe, it's like a few years or a few months or something for a hit and run it's ruled as an accident and because no one saw louise roll his body in there they just assumed that like the truck like the force of the hit knocked him into the ditch but louise would tell this story to both her kids how that she did this for them did this for dave that she you know rolled him into the ditch and how she would do this if the kids like didn't listen she would use it as like a like a fear tactic towards willie and dave and to hold it over dave's head that she like did this thing for him but she would never be charged because no one could prove that she rolled this kid into the ditch but she would like brag about it to like her close friends
1: she would brag about she would brag about it a 14 year old yeah
0: yep Yep Do they I don't get- think I ever listened to anyone else's series on this Or not in a way that I remember mm-hmm. And this is killing me You know I'm Do sorry Do they get what's coming? Um, you need to just tell me We'll get there uh, If they don't I think I need to walk away <laughs> um, They kind of They get like a karmic justice kind of thing But it's not like they don't serve any justice time If that Makes any sense like Dave goes to Juvenile Whatever lockup for a little bit And then Louise she won't serve Like any time for it she'll never be charged Ever for Being the one who like kills Tim Barrett I know I'm sorry guys I'm sorry um, From all accounts that I've covered So far it would seem like the family The Picton family uh, Would be people that you would literally avoid You wouldn't want to talk to you wouldn't want to be friends with right Hmm. Um, there are a few people who came forward during Willie and after his trials who spoke very, um, during Willie's trials and after his trials, they would speak highly of Willie and his family, close friends and some highly na- of them. Yeah. They would speak highly of Willie and the Pictons. Close friends and some neighbors would say that the Pictons were people who would do anything for anyone. They'd help a stranger if they needed it.
1: Uh uh-huh. No, they wouldn't. (laughs) Yep.
0: A couple of close friends of Willie would say that he was kind and thoughtful, a workaholic and smarter than most people would give him credit for. They stated it was hard for Willie and Dave growing up because they were constantly being picked on, which is why some. Some think that Dave ended up being so mean and cruel whereas Willie seemed to internalize the bullying and his outward appearance would be like kind of like meek and like he would try to like not take up a lot of space kind of person. Mm-hmm. And this like it's hard to explain but so Dave is the younger brother, right? Yeah. He's the youngest of all of them. Dave kind of takes on because he internalizes things in a way where he just has rage and he's like kind of like the bigger brother. He becomes like an older person like a figure that willie looks up to even though willie's the oldest Mm -hmm. um so it's a weird like i don't know it's weird it's not like your typical like family dynamic yeah it's like a father placehold would you say yeah so we'll get into it willie yeah it's it's interesting i guess by 1970 willie would be taking care of most of the farm in all manners of farm chores. So he would take care of the family. He would take care of the pigs and the cattle. He would butcher nearly two dozen animals a day sometimes. Jesus. At this time, Willie was working as an apprentice meat cutter. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just wondering if like, you know, uh, maybe an electric saw was used to cut that skull in half. Do they use an electric saw and
1: meat cutting? Me oh yeah, they do the, yeah. the uh, yeah. for the
0: bones. And while Willie was working like really hard on the farm, he would take care of the cattle while he was butchering a lot of the animals for the family. Dave would work mostly in construction and demolition work throughout the early seventies. It was clear that Louis. but um, so back to the family dichotomy and like how like the pyramid scheme of this family works, it was clear that Louise was the one in charge. During this time, they would ha- um, they would hire, like, I don't know, um, handymen or, like, just farmhands, basically. They would come in and out of the Picton home. Sometimes there would be up to, like, a dozen people living in the farmhouse. And they would uh. pay these, like, farmhands, like, dirt wages, basically. How very of mice and men of them. Yeah, basically. Um, and a lot of – so, I didn't write it down, but at this time, right next to the Picton farm – um, once they move over to like nine six three Dominion Road, and this is where we're getting into that time period where they move over to this farm, the mm-hmm. the farm that I described in the beginning, next to this farm, there would be a um, a mental health hospital, basically, like a psychiatric hospital would be built right next to the farm. And at this time before the farm becomes like overrun with like rust buckets and like it's just dirt and there's no green grass, there are beautiful rolling hills. So the psychiatric hospital bought this land around the farm yeah. and they would build an enormous hospital. It would take in Hundreds, if not thousands, of patients wow. from around the area, and because they had so many patients, they had needed a lot of staff and doctors. So mm-hmm. they built these mansions on the property as well. So you'd have the psychiatric hospital and like these gorgeous, like doctors' houses, and then on the right property. Next to and it. then right next to it, you would have the Picton Farm. That's a combination. Yeah. So get this: at the time, there were certain patients that could leave the hospital and go work what so the pictons would hire these mentally ill people oh, to work on their oh farm my for god. dirt wages like literally like pennies on the dollar yeah like oh my god the pictons are frugal like if they can like pay someone like nothing to work for them they will jesus Yes. Yeah and yet they look out for their neighbors yeah i don't i don't know man i don't i don't know who they're looking out for who their friends are maybe they it got like,
1: killed someone for them <laughs> maybe the yeah. people got paid by them or some shit yeah. to say to say hi
0: that's of- crazy yep during this time the slaughtering of the pigs and like a little bit of like hay that they would grow on the property is what would like be the main income for the family and the dynamic of the family was interesting. Their sister, Linda, mm-hmm. she had moved away like as a child to Good. Vancouver to live with some relatives. And she tried her best for the rest of her life to not have anything to do with Good. the family Good. unless it came to like direct decisions that affect the farm. Good. So, uh, I'm yeah. I'm very
1: happy for her.
0: Well, Louise, the mom, uh, was in charge of running day to day. Operations their father even though it was His farm and his family's like legacy Of the farm he was weak they Um he was much older than louise And he was growing more and more Old and senile as the days Decrypt Went on it. remember He is 16 years older than louise Oh so my he's all right
1: And they have three um, kids now so He's
0: got to be yeah and he's basically Louise bullies him yeah She seems like um, that type yeah like uh, Elder abuse is happening here Mean ass bitch yeah and he basically so leonard basically did his best to stay out of everyone's way and he was basically he was like so far removed from like the family operations like he just kind of like lived in the farmhouse like as days went on he just like kind of like lived in the farmhouse he wouldn't go outside he didn't go anywhere he just kind of like just got stuck there he just was literally decaying in the house oh it's fucked up yep uh and he was so far removed sorry i like wrote everything really weird at this point uh he was so far removed from the family too at that point that leonard willie didn't even consider leonard his actual father oh this is where you mentioned it he would then consider his younger brother dave as his dad car hitting child yeah dave Dave, the one who hit the kid with the car was now willie's like father figure so he would would literally go up to dave and be like dad are you cool if i do this he would call him dad he would call his brother His younger brother dad as a joke Or like just no, like, like seriously actual... he'd be like oh Dad like do you think I should go do this did He have Weird. like a Like a was he on the spectrum Was there a mental disability in some Way you I haven't know, been this on was that the, far this is the 70s yeah right we're now. like in the 80s Are, yeah. are we doing yeah. parts yeah we're gonna do A lot of oh, parts okay so we're gonna get to it And I think there's some diagnosis again it's A 700 page book and I've read like a quarter Okay okay um so yeah so dave was now willie's father figure in 1974 dave and his young girlfriend and it said that dave like even though he was like smelly and gross and absolutely foul like he would be rude he was a pussy magnet he fucked (laughs) he fucked he fucked how did he fuck bro and willie would see this and like willie would talk to women but he like wouldn't ha- he's not with them like he wouldn't have sex. He didn't have intercourse. And he would like look up to Dave and be like, oh, my God, my brother like gets bitches basically and like Hello respects bitches. him for it. Oh, OK, because men can only earn. Wait, was he the rat respect face from other men? Yeah, Willie is like the thin flock. rat face kid. OK. Yeah. Um, So he would see this happening and he would like respect Dave for all this. And he would love every time Dave would get a girlfriend, Willie would become obsessed with like Dave's girlfriend's. Hmm. He would be like, "Oh my god! Like you're basically like my sister-in-law. Like I love you. Like do you? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like obsessed. Um, <laughs> That's sad. But in
1: 1974,
0: I bet Dave's- he also probably wanted some sort of mother figure, considering yeah, Louise yeah, exactly. is disgusting. Exactly. That's why it's yeah. sad. Um, so Dave's girlfriend of 17, Sandy Fowler would have a daughter with Dave in 1974. Oh, they wow. would name her Tammy, and then a year later they would have a son together named Douglas John who they would call DJ. Sandy moved into the house with Dave with both of their kids. So now moved in the house into the farm into this farmhouse. Oh my fuck. Yeah. So that's an additional three people. How many? Yeah. How many bedrooms is this house? Um, it w- had a lot of bedrooms. Like it was like your typical like old old farmhouse that just had like a he- bunch like of fucking bedrooms. White, yeah, like, for a huge someone house. who yeah. pops yeah. out a bunch it's of kids. It's basically like a farmhouse for people who have like up to like twenty kids. Yeah, kind of thing. Um, that's and terrifying. they like they like half-assed because Dave does construction. They like half-assed rooms in the basement too. They like made like a, yeah. Yeah. So like farmhands would be also staying in the basement. Sometimes Willie would stay in the basement. Um, yeah. So anyway, around the same time in 1974, Willie gave up his meat cutting job and started working as a truck driver for BC electric. Okay. Louise and Sandy would be doing a lot of the work revolving the livestock. So they would go to the auctions, buying pigs for cheap. They would go and like, kind of like barter for like, Oh, do you want meat for this? Like kind of stuff. Like Mm -hmm. they would kind of take care of like the quote unquote paperwork of the farm. Interesting. While Willie took care of like the hard labor, like the physical demanding labor of taking care of the pigs at this time in the late seventies to the eighties, there were as many as 700 pigs on this farm and 120 heads of cattle. And even though they were doing the best to meet the demands of the customers, Dave and Sandy knew that there was not enough money coming in to keep everyone supported at the farmhouse. So Dave picked up and started a company uh, slash kind of business revolving around everything to do with dirt and topsoil. So this is where like the lush green like hills of the farm started to turn into just dirt because Dave would come in with giant trucks. He would haul off like literally like tops of like the land, like the tops of the hills. Oh, he would just be taking from Take the dirt from their land and he would sell it to people who were like building construction or like needed Mm -hmm. topsoil. So like- every time and because there was a demand for it he would just take and take and take from the farm but the animals need that shit yeah uh not for long (sighs) so there uh he got so good and like had like so many people like demanding topsoil that he created a business with sandy's brother i believe and they called it dns bulldozing um fun fact this business still remains today and they never oh, changed the business name jesus what <gasps> the fuck so dave and i think it's stanley's bulldozing still exists
1: oh mm-hmm. my god if yep. they only fucking knew yep. well we don't even know yet well, but if we only knew
0: yeah so throughout the years willie and his younger years his like younger adult years at this point he would have um many woman pen pals so this was like during the time where you would like go in the newspaper and be like i'm looking for a pen pal to write to and then you would like get pen pals um
1: (laughs) what a weird fucking time it's (laughs) like like texting your fucking neighbor number
0: or (laughs) number neighbor (laughs) yeah um during this time while willie was young he refused to smoke like you know trauma from being four and he, he wouldn't drink. He didn't go out to bars. He never dated any women. He didn't have any girlfriends and he never took time off. Like there was never a day where he had a vacation or like a free Sunday, you know what I mean? Um, and he was literally just living to work. That would change though. When Willie, uh, one of his many pen pals named Connie Anderson, their uh, pen pal letters started to get serious spicy yeah and willie would become very enamored with connie he wanted to see her and was finally like you know what you live in pontiac michigan i'm gonna take my first vacation ever and i'm going to come down to see you Mm -hmm. i just think that his letter would be like do you have boobs i (laughs) like boobs the pigs are stinky today just like me for real <laughs> XOXO Willie. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, so the year that Willie turned 24 in October, he made up his mind that he was going to, he was going to do it. He was going to make a trip. He was going to leave his family, his land, like, you know, port Coquitlam, For the first time ever. And he was going to take a six week trip starting in January to go to Pontiac, Michigan to see Connie. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. So his plan was basically to work his way through the American Midwest all the way to Michigan. He made stops in Kansas City, St. Louis and Chicago, seeing the world for the very first time. Like wow. he's never left this small farming world And he's seeing it all for the first time And through each city he's like working small jobs yeah. Like a handyman here, a farmhand here A cook here mm-hmm. Like just trying to like get money So he can go down to see Connie
1: Oh my god If Connie They
0: don't pay is him a- at the farm do they for oh. that work They don't pay um, him at his family farm Kind of It was like uh, here's your allowance Yeah Interesting. For I'm week. gonna
1: laugh so hard if Connie is a man
0: i'm worried he's gonna get catfished uh so this is where we kind of learn that like willie's a racist oh no Uh, oh that's to be expected he would write to a different pen pal at this time named victoria and he would say that he was uh real scared of chicago and saint louis or louise uh, i don't know what it is louis louis uh because he was had to be careful due to all the black people in the area. Wait, so he's
1: fucking with multiple hitties
0: here while going to see Connie? Yeah. He's just pen palling, but like, he's got a lot of ladies that he pen pals to. Mm-hmm. None yeah, of them got are it. red flagged by his probably immaculate grammar. Immaculate His way or his, with like, words, his brown, shit stained paper. paper. Yeah. <laughs> um no apparently not instead of perfume he just kind of rolls it in the Uh, mud before he sends it out he also mentioned um to victoria his other pen pal that while he was in chicago or kansas city someone came up to him offering him a modeling job that's a lie he said and he said and i quote what me question mark a model question mark did he say question mark out loud (laughs) (laughs) yeah he wrote it because he didn't know what the question mark was right uh he said that he had to refuse the modeling job, even though they were offering to pay him $40 an hour. We don't know if this is a true thing or not. Um, I'm going ass- to, I don't want to assume no, cause that feels mean, but no, like, it's a no, yeah, that's a no for me. So anyway, eventually Willie did make his way to Pontiac and met up with Connie Anderson. Yeah. So she's, she's real. real. She's real. Oh my God. They spent time together Yeah. And she didn't run away. Did he no. get to like shower and stuff on his trip? I don't know. I hope so. I hope he did like the weird little like in like a gas station bathroom. Yeah, he, like, like a little wipe soap on know? him. <laughs> He's just like, oh, is that my skin tone? <laughs> oh, why am I so pale? <laughs> Um, so anyway, so he meets up with her, they spend some time together, and by the time he was ready to leave, he would write later on to a different pen pal who's unnamed that he was in love with Connie. He says, "She was the love of my life. I wanted to be engaged. During our time together, I felt engaged, but she said she couldn't leave her job, and I truly couldn't leave mine. How can I leave the farm?" i couldn't leave the farm so we misusing
1: the word couldn't
0: sir yeah uh do you know what the definition is so anyway uh he writes this to a pen pal he leaves connie he goes back to port coquitlam back to the farm and unfortunately the love interest would fizzle out for both <gasps> willie and connie no Um, Basically, their like letters became like super infrequent um, and it just seemed like maybe she wasn't interested as she was before. So sad. it's kind of like he had like his first real heartbreak kind of at this time. Uh So, yeah. And this is also at the time. And I think this is what leads into him quitting his apprenticeship with the meat cutting. Mm -hmm. Like he was just really sad. Like, oh, my love interest didn't work out. I'm just going to quit this. Like, I'll just work at the farm. Um, because he said that he really didn't enjoy like cutting up animals. He like did it because it was money, but he said that he had a hard time. Like, well, that's good. At least strange. Yeah, it's strange. He had a hard time coming to terms with it. So instead he was trying to find a different way to make money and he started up boarding horses at the farm. Did what? Boarding, Boarding horses. horses. So people who own horses can board their horses at a someone's farm for like a fee. Oh yeah. So yeah, that yeah, their yeah. horses have somewhere to stay. Got it. Um and he was even able to manage to like negotiate breeding one of the horses that was boarded there on the farm so that he could have a foal of his own. Oh. This baby horse became his pride and joy. Like I think he named her Goldie, oh. like the horse oh. named Goldie. And he loved this horse. Um, a handyman on the farm would later say that Willie absolutely adored his horse, took excellent care of it, washed it all the time, Aww. brushed it, made sure it got out like enough like like playtime or like exercise yeah. in the field. Playtime. playtime. I know I was going to say playtime because I thought of my dogs, but I don't know if it's technically playtime it's for playtime. horses. It's technically playtime. Yeah. It's it's time. playtime. Yeah. I'm in um, and the farmhand said that basically Willie refused to ride this horse like he didn't want to ride it. He just wanted to have this horse. Yeah. Um, later on Willie though said that he was really regretful on not continuing out only six months left of his apprenticeship that he had been doing for nearly six and a half years. He only had six months left and if he had stuck it out for the remainder months, he would have had papers or certifications to work anywhere in Canada. Oh, yeah.
1: He's just missing like these little key
0: moments in which if he would yeah. do it, his life would have changed for like yeah. forever. For, forever. And uh, so many yeah. people. Jeez. In nineteen seventy eight, one event after another would change everything about the Picton Farm. In January of nineteen seventy eight, Leonard would be diagnosed with cancer and in the same month he would pass away from his illness. Oh wow. Oh, that's fast. He was ninety one. Oh, damn. He lived, though. Yeah, I know. Considering, like, the environment. Yeah. Right. I'm sure he laid on a bed of shit every day. (laughs) It's just really building that immune system. Mm. This meant that everything that Leonard owned from the farm to money to his properties would go to Louise. The then uh, Dave's then girlfriend at the time, Sandy and mother of his two children also left. Um, With both of her kids. And this was devastating to Willie because he loved Sandy and her children. He even went as far to ask Sandy if he would, if she would marry him just so that she would stay around. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. She uh, declined this for many obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, Then in the same year, the barns that housed the pigs would burn down, killing off 600 pigs. 600? Hmm. Wow. What
1: happened that year? The universe it was just, just like, like, yeah, can't fuck you. this family, yeah. fuck this family.
0: Um. Which side note? Uh, a lot of slaughterhouses burn down pretty frequently. Um, not the actual slaughterhouses, but like houses that farm like livestock, pigs and cows due to neglect. So just like a little side note to throw in there. Wow. Um, it happens often. Yeah. Uh, like over a thousand cows just died recently out in like i don't know fucking the midwest because the barn just burned down and uh yeah there's something with like the hay yeah there's
1: a lot of dry shit yeah yeah
0: anyway um this was a devastating blow to their pig business yeah they had what 700 pigs it was 600 pigs that they lost yeah and they had 700 yeah they had like 700 800 pigs so they lost like almost all of them um and because of this they would never end up rebuilding any of the barns willie had tried to rebuild one of the barns he like got halfway like fixing up one of the walls and then like just left it so like they have like a wall just on the property and like they never really cleared any of like the burned up debris so there's just like burnt pig bodies and burnt barn pieces just like for like months to a year till they like decompose or they like move it over with like one of dave's bulldovers, bulldozers just to like the edge of the property yeah That's because horrible. they don't fucking care gross it's disgusting yep then by 1979 louise received a diagnosis oh she also was diagnosed with cancer oh jeez. and um For whatever reason, despite how cruel Louise was to Willie specifically, he stepped up and took care of his mother during this time. He fed her, he bathed her, dressed her. He would change out her diapers and like her, her bedding all up until she needed really serious care and was moved to a hospital. On her way out of leaving the farm, Louise asked that if they would sit her up on the stretcher outside of the farmhouse in the driveway so that she could take care, take, um, in one last look of her farm and property. It was easy to see that Louise cared so much for her farm in the way, like in a strange way, but like, it was literally her life's work. Like this farm was her whole purpose of being. Mm -hmm. So like, she like looked at it one last time and that was the last time that she would ever see the farm. Oh, uh,
1: I just remember she killed a little Boy
0: yeah so she passed uh, yeah away I off. forgot About that yeah uh, she passes What happens <laughs> okay bye Louise Dad. or whatever um, her name is For Dave it seemed as Though he was absolutely unfazed by the passing, the passing of both His parents and his girlfriend And children leaving couldn't care From the outside at least like it looked like He was absolutely unfazed That's and he, Within a couple months Literally like maybe one or two Dave would have a new girlfriend move in her name is Vicky Evans, who has two you? young sisters, Allison, who's age six and Samantha, age 14. Oh, wow. And both of these little girls would start to visit the farm consistently. I don't like it. Yep. And with the passing of both of the Picton parents, control of the farm went primarily to Dave, who saw it as an opportunity to expand his construction and demolition and topsoil businesses And with no real parental guidance, this led Willie to buy countless rusted out scraps of vehicles, if we can even call them Uh, that. they're Willie's cars. Basically, like, Willie was like, oh, like, saw a car on the side of the road and be like, I can fix that up and sell it. And then he would buy another car off the side of the road. Sounds (laughs) like my dad. This, this is bad, though. He would just, like, use whatever money he made from the farm and just buy and buy and buy Weird. and buy. And he would put these cars randomly over the property. Yeah. Just like, Great. okay, I can put that beside that barn and I can put this truck beside the house and... Just um, set her over there. That engine that I bought last week is just in the puddle over there. Um, so basically, that is how Willie just, like, took control of, like, his, I don't know, I guess, grievance is that he just bought and bought and bought shopping coping coping mechanism and it seemed that this reckless spending may have been a trait that louise's mother had seen in willie and out of her three children she only saw her farm continuing and prospering with two of them in charge of her inheritance linda and dave got immediate inheritance from louise while willie would have to wait to receive his portion another 10 years why who knows? Linda's not even it was, there. It was either out of, like, spite that Louise had for Willie because she he was, like, the child that she didn't like the most mm. um, or because she knew that Willie was reckless. So in her eyes... As like she owns this farm and this business. If I'm going to think really straightforward, mm-hmm. she sees Dave. He's got his topsoil business. He's yeah. got his construction company. He he's, seems trustworthy. He's growing. He's prospering. He's doing well. Willie, on the other hand, just quit his seven-year apprenticeship early. Yeah. He also took a trip and left the farm for weeks on end. Yeah. Uh, he keeps buying junk. He's trying to do this horse business. He just spent a bunch of money on having this little horse run around that brings the farm no money. Oh, yeah. So makes like. Sense. If I'm going to put it in a very like clinical, like I'm Louise mindset, I, I could see why she was like, yeah. Willie, you don't get your inheritance for another 10 years. Wow. Yep. And he's, he's like 30 at this time. So he would be 40 when wow. he finally receives. And he did get like a chunk of money. I think it was like around like $20,000 or something, which is a good chunk. Mm-hmm. Um, he spent it all on a truck. Yep. Yeah. How much money? on a truck on a truck in the 80s back then it would that's
1: that's a lot of fucking money yep that's a lot of money for a car um
0: but Willie didn't understand this he wasn't thinking about things this way and he was devastated in his mind it was his mom controlling him from the grave and keeping him stuck at the farm for another 10 years. It's kind of true. And he was under his family's control still because he couldn't get paid out. He had to like wait on Dave and Linda to give him money every week mm. um, if they decided to pay him. And I believe that this is what began Willie's spiral. He was going through grieving. He was angry, felt betrayed by his mother, who he had spent the like her last few months taking care of and doing yeah. everything. He spent his life on this farm, doing everything that he thought his parents wanted from him. And now he was stuck there under control. And I think that his feelings of betrayal began to fester into anger and it would brew and brew as tensions between his remaining family members also grew. Wow. And that's where we're going to leave off for now. Jeez. So that's Willie Picton's upbringing. That's his young adult life. And, um, from this point on, it gets really dark and really heavy.
1: Jeez. I didn't realize how gross they were.
0: I feel like I knew he was gross, but I didn't know that like it was family gross. Yeah. Yeah, They're all like basically, um, Leonard, his whole life growing up was called like piggy. Well, it's not the kid's fault, but it's definitely on the parents. Yeah. And then, ugh, I don't know. It's it's sad to see like the way he grew up in like extreme poverty that he drops out of school in eighth grade too like he never goes back like yeah it's young um and i think david dropped out around 16 or 17 whenever he went to like juvenile uh yeah wherever um i don't know i can't think of the name juvenile what court juvie it's just juvie yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just okay um yeah so when he went there i think he also dropped out of school and linda's the only one who like received a diploma for like high school education so juvenile detention yes thank you i know there's something else it's not just juvie um so yeah so anyway i think that's this is kind of where willie spirals he loses his parents he loses sandy this woman that he has like a weird like you're my mom but i also love you and i want you to marry me person his pen pal connie doesn't want anything to do with him yeah he like dropped out of his meat cutting apprenticeship that he should have stayed in like i think he's just like it builds and like the tension from here on out it gets insane so wow. um yeah that's part one of willie picton and the pig farm Jeez, man yeah God damn yep i don't Heavy. think i'm prepared for this series to be honest uh it's it's gonna be a lot i just so mean anyway. like there's gonna be so many things to be hit with yeah um it's anyway uh everyone buckle in your butts uh, yeah put your butts in put your butts in buckle them up and uh i hope you find it at least Entertaining and interesting, at the very least. Yeah, yeah. You better find it interesting. It's interesting as heck and hell. Heck. Um, yeah. So anyway, um don't try to marry your siblings' partner because they're trying to leave. And you know, take um, a shower. Yeah, take a shower if you can. Don't let the um, cow poop in your house. Yeah, uh, maybe that—that's for sure. And if don't the pigs burn down, head. get bury them. Yeah, take hey, please bury your pigs, bury you, your know, pigs you know. They're they're beings. So yeah. They deserve they deserve a nice little little plot of berry. Yep. But anyway, guys, we'll see you next week and I hope you enjoy the series from here on out. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.